let's continue. This is now Mishnah, Mishnah, sorry, this is Halacha Chet, and now we're doing Daf Vav. So the mission begins. So these are the people that bring Bikrim and do Mikra Mikurim. And we said, well, this is going to be the, or I can probably deduce this from all the cases we brought beforehand, but the first is Minatzer Vadachag. If you bring Bikurim between Shavuot and Sukkot, that's a time of Simcha as we described as Therefore, we can say the Mikra Bikurim. And it also has to be Mishavat Aminim. And those Shavuot Aminim, it says, That's opposite of what we learned in the very beginning. Meaning the Peirot that grow in the, on the mountains and the Tamarim that grow in the valleys, they're the considered minamucha. And simply Zete Shemen and also Me'ever Leyarden, meaning Transjordan. The reason why we mention that is because that's a machloket. Because Rabbi Yossi Aglili Omer, you don't take it from the, from the Transjordan, so the areas of Ruven, Gad, we'll talk about Chetzi Shemen Menashe in a moment, because those areas aren't Eretz Zavat Chalav Udvash. And part of the uh, part of the declaration is you make reference to Eretz Zavat Chalav Udvash. It says, Viten Lanu et Eretz Azot Eretz Zavat Chalav Udvash. And in every yarden, the every yarden isn't part of that Eretz Zavat Chalavud Vash. So having mentioned the concept of Eretz Zavat Chalavud Vash, the Gemara now begins. Rabbi Yossi B'Shem Rabbi Shimon and Lakish, he says that Rabbi Yonah Rabbi Zira B'Shem Rabbi Chinina says actually it's only Shisha Asar Mil Chizur Chizur Litziporin Hen Hen Eretz Zavat Chalavud Vash. Meaning when the Torah refers to a land of flowing with milk and honey, so honey referring to date honey, is that um, it's actually only referring to this uh, area that's within a 16 mil radius of Tsipori. Okay? Not all of Eretz Israel, it sounds like. Meaning that's the area that's super fertile and has this land of, uh, 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 it was a land of flowing milk and honey. So Rabbiona says, okay, let's, if we try and work this out, Manda Mekader, if you do Kidu, now we, we haven't actually mentioned yet, but um, you might be familiar from Masech De Uruvin, is when you're trying to measure the tomb of a city, you don't actually get one of those clickers as you walk along and roll it and see actually what the distance is because as you go up a mountain right you're not going to actually get as far because of the incline you, you will be measuring the the distance along the incline instead what you do what's called kidur and that's where you virtually penetrate a hole straight through a mountain so you can literally measure the distance as if you're looking down on say google maps let's do it that way right it's looking down from a satellite and then kidur is it's you don't actually literally bore a hole through the mountain but it's, it's, it's this, it is this technique where you hold your measuring tape horizontally and gradually progress up a mountain so you can, you're measuring the actual horizontal rather than the incline, okay? We'll learn about it when we get to... They use very short ropes to do so. So literally the person down the bottom is holding it at his chest height and the person up above is holding it at his feet so that you can measure the whole incline. We'll talk... That we'll learn when Masech the But the idea is if you measure this 16 mil radius such that you're viewing it from, from a map above, Right, you'll notice that that will include also the Ilin Shagrunia de Beishan Minun Minehun that the that the fields of Beishan are would be in within that radius. Similarly, Mandemekader Hadan Bikaat Genisor, the Bika of the, the the plains, if you like, of Genisor would also be included. However, the Gemara asks, "Meiti Veri Rabbiona Vaktiv Vomer Aletchem Ma'oni Mitzrayim." This is uh, this is a puzzle from Shmot that I will take you out from the land of which is an Eretz of Vash. So it seems like the promise was that all of Eretz Israel is this land that is Eretz Vash. However, it says Amarlo no Asher Ba Zavat Vash. It's not. In other words, we can still maintain this idea that that um, that 
It's not that the whole land is Eretz Vatchalavach, still let, but when the promise was, I'm taking your land of milk and honey, it doesn't mean every square footage of that space is Archalash, but it has a major center in it, if you like. That's the area around support of the Eretz Vatchalavudvash. So uh, on this, I, start, I didn't really understand what the Gemara was doing here because you get run into a problem. Because if you see Rabbi Yossi, he says, you bring Bikurim for Eretz Israel, not Transjordan, because it's Eretz of Eretz Vatchalavudvash. And Transjordan isn't. So the question is, what does that mean, according to Rabbi Yossi, only bring it from Zippori? But he doesn't say that. that that's the thing that I've been grappling with this Gemara. Um, it could be that's the reason why there's a different Svaru we're about to bring from Rabbi Yossi. Or alternatively, when a Kodesh Baruch was promising a land that has within it Eretz Vatchalav, Eretz Zavatchalav was preparing to Eretz Yisrael and not Transjordan, even though all of Eretz Yisrael doesn't, isn't a Zavatchalav Vatch, according to what um, Rav Yossi said in the name of Shimon Lakish. So I'm not sure what to do with this piece of Gemara. But let's just continue. It says, Tani, Ashenatatali. Now, so another, but we bring in a brighter, a different reason for Shira Rabbi Yossi why you don't bring it from Transjordan is because the Torah, sorry, part of the Mikra Akrimi says, the land you have given to me. The difference is when it came to Reuben and Gad, they didn't, it wasn't given to them. They asked for it. It says, and therefore that would exclude Loshenatalti Latmi. So the reason why in the land, the sections of Reuben and Gad and Chatzisheva, oh, Forget Chatzishevamashi in a moment, but let's call the Transjordan for simplicity. You don't bring Bikurim, is because the Bikurim doesn't apply to it. It wasn't land that was given to them, it's a land that they took. They said, We'd like to be here. Okay? So now the question is, my Bene, what's a nafkim in between the two different sfaras of, of what's behind Shitter Rebiosi? Okay, in our mission, Rebiosi Aglili. In other words, two explanations. One is Transjordan is not Eretz of Adhalavudvash. And the other understanding is that's the area that they took for themselves and wasn't given to them. So the Nafkimin is going to be Amarav Avin Chatzis Shevet Menashe. If I've been hesitating and slipping up on, but that area of Chatzis Shevet Menashe. Why? Well, Chatzis Shevet Menashe lo natlu ma'atzman. When it came, if you recall what happened, it was Reuben and Gad that came to Moshe and says, look, we've got a lot of livestock, we've got a lot of cattle, we're, this is a fertile land, this is really an appropriate land for us. And Chati Sheva Manasha wasn't part of it. Yes, what happened was after Moshe Rabbeinu requested them, and this is a whole discussion in Parshanot why he did so, but said he wanted, like let's say, Sheva Manasha was going to bridge Eretz Israel and every other, and half of Sheva Manasha was going to be there. So for area of Sheva Manasha, it wasn't a Tati Latzmi, it was also, it was given to them. So according to that understanding, yes, areas of Reuben and Gad, you wouldn't be able to bring Bikurim, but Sheva Menashe would. However, according to the Svari brought in the Mishnah, called Rabbi Yossi, that it's not an Eretz of Vodvash, that whole area is an Eretz of Vodvash, so also Chetzi Sheva Menashe region, you wouldn't be able to bring Bikurim from it also. That is enough, Gimena. So I'll just read it inside. They didn't take it for themselves, so they can bring Bikurim. That area of Chetzi Sheva Menashe is also not an area of low good milk and honey. Let's continue. If someone purchases three trees in his friend's field, also it says maybe correct because understanding is once you bring purchase three trees in your friend's field, you you acquire the land underneath them. Rabbi Meir says, actually, like we learned previously, that even if you acquire two trees. He's quite certain that impl- implicit in the sale is a land that goes underneath it. So you can, you'll be able to bring the cream. You own the land, you own the trees, you own the fruit, you can do the whole thing. Now, what if you purchase one tree and the land as well? In other words, you explicitly said it, said in the sale, I'm buying the tree and the land underneath it. Well, there's no problem there. 
because it's not a question of what's implicit, like uh, what, what's implied in the sale. It's mafurash in the sale, and therefore everyone agreed you bring it. Now Rabbi Yudah says, "Af bali arisot b'chakurot mevi'in v'korim." Now I said we were going to do this, and, but actually we did do this. Meaning we saw back in um, towards the beginning in Halachabet, the Chachamim says an aris and a choker cannot bring bikurim. Why can in other words, what's an aris and a choker? Aris is a sharecropper. He works somebody else's field for a percentage of the yield. That's how he's going to pay the owner. And a choker, he'll give him a fixed amount of that yield in the field, right? So it's a fixed, but it's still from the yield. Um, but it's a fixed amount, not a percentage. And we said before, Chachamim said, say that you cannot bring bikurim, those aris and a choker, because it's not, you cannot, it's not, because the pasuk says, reshit bikurim admatcha, and it's not as adama. I don't, it's not even his land at all. It's his, uh, it's a land of somebody else. He's just he has a work arrangement on that land. However, what Rabbi Yehuda says, and we're going to try and understand Shit Rabbi Yehuda in a moment, he says that no, even the Arisut and the Chakurot would be able to bring Bikurim. Why? The simple understanding so far is because even though the land is not theirs, because it's under their Shlita, under their control, it's as if it's theirs. You'll see why that might be the case soon. Okay? Let's continue. And, I'm, and I still didn't answer your question about uh, renting, um, but um, I haven't seen a mafurish yet. Uh, you'll see. I think I think it's quite simple that the, the person who rented a field would bring bikurim and do mikra bikurim because again, even if you got reshut to use somebody else's field, you could bring bikurim as well. So I presume renting would be the same thing, but I don't know. But I'm, I'm, I'm just that's a follow up by saying I don't know. But let's continue. Tani choker. Now, what's a, when you're talking about a choker and an aris? Um, it says, Tani avot Okay, Rabbi Yehuda says, Omer hen So, question is, what are we referring to? So, Rabbi Zira says that Rabbi Chia Bashem Rabbi Yochanan says, avot himanita. So, the Machlokum Rabbi Yehuda Chachamim, whether the Achoker can bring Bikurim or not, and bring in, uh, is regarding what's called a Choker Beit Avot. Now, Choker Beit Avot is, seems like, I think we've discussed this before is that sometimes you have these work arrangements the last generations. Like you're Yorish the right, meaning your family works another family's field for the last many, many years. It's like, you know, it's like one of these, you know, 100-year leases type of things. Not that it's a lease, but some of the one of these. And therefore, when the previous worker died, he was Moorish to his son, and his son's going to continue that work arrangement. Okay? That's what's a Chakir or So therefore, what the... Um, what Rav Zira is saying here, the Rav Chis and Rav Yochanan, is that when does Rabbi Yehuda say that he can meviv That's only when it's that type of arrangement that is this chakirot beit avot, where it's mamash like their land. It's something is this right to use the land under this uh, arrangement has been going going for generations, and it was Yorashim. Okay, however. It wouldn't be not necessarily the case if it was a regular chakirot. However, Hila Rabbi Yossi says B'shem Rabbi Rabbi Yochanan says B'baali arisod v'chakiroti matnita. He says no, even if it wasn't your rosh beitavot, we're talking about someone who has a long-standing arrangement, even if it's not uh, generations. Okay, you'll see why in a minute. What does that mean? Habu main meimar. The assumption is according to Rabbi Hila. Again, the Mefarshim Shalom explains all quite differently the flow here. But habu bain meimar manda amabale arisod v'chakiroti matnita. Now, the understanding that Reb Hill is saying when he says, he means we're dealing with, when does Reb Yehuda say that um, he can be a career? That's when he's like a, uh, a long-standing type of choker. I've got this arrangement with you for like six years, seven years or something like that. But if it's just a Aris and choker, 
uh, just the, the way Rokhaim explains it here is like a temporary one, only for a year, then that's not really having such control over the land. And therefore, even Rabbi Yehud would agree, can't maybe be correct. That's the assumption of Rabbi Hila. But the Chiddush is, is that what, what, um, what we're saying is that Rabbi Hila says, in order to have Rabbi Huda, in order for Rabbi Huda to say it's like his land, it doesn't have to be there was Yorish Mibetabot. It can even be just a long standing arrangement, and that will be enough to be considered his land. When Rabbah came, he said, Rabbi said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, which is again, if you recall, before it was before, everyone's been saying it was Rabbi and everyone's been saying it was the name of Rabbi in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. It says, well, everyone starts has been saying in the name of Yochanan. It says, Even if someone was a choker and aris forever, meaning a really long-standing arrangement, I've got a 20-year contract with you, or lolam, actually 50 might be, but, you know, a long-standing arrangement, even then, Rabbi Yehuda said it wouldn't be enough. Lama, why? Because What does it mean, What's that expression that Rav Hila said before? It doesn't mean like we thought it means like a long-standing arrangement because we just said now, is not considered his land. Rather, it must be exactly like Rav Zira said, that when did Rabbi Yehuda say that it's Aris and a Choker, it's like his land, only if it was one of these arrangements like Choker Bateavot, meaning one of these generational agreements that he's Yorish from his father, etc., etc. Okay, so the conclusion, the way Reb Chaim explains the sugya is really, I'll just say it, read it inside so it's clear because other people explain it differently. He says it's, 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 that Rebbe Hila isn't actually arguing with Rebbe Zira. Again, other people explain it quite differently. So that we say, let's begin the second parak. So here, Truma and Bikurim are connected together. And we'll see in this parak we compare and contrast Truma Bikurim, Trumat Maiser, and 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 Mas and, and Masa Sheni. We're going to do a lot of comparisons here. But the first point is that Bikurim shares a lot of laws as Truma. It's referred to as Truma. Okay. Um, and therefore, the, what similarities does Bikurim have with Truma? Well, first in Chayalava Mita, meaning if a coin is Tame and he eats it, he'd be Chay Mita. Now Chay Mita means Mita Bideshamaim. And similarly, a non-coin who eats it also be Chay Mita Bideshamaim. We're going to explain Mita Bideshamaim in a moment. Also, the Chomesh, a Zar who eats it, is Chayt to pay Karen and Chomesh back. We've discussed that recently. The Asurim is Zarim, and a Zar is not allowed to consume it. Okay? Even a, I think the explanation there is that even a Chatzishir. Oh, sorry, even if it's less than a Shavaputa, they wouldn't be Chayt to pay Karen for Chomesh. Okay? Um, the, the Hen Nichse Konim, it's a property of a coin, meaning a coin is allowed to, if he's received from it, he can use it to Makadash a wound, for example. So it's literally considered his Mammon. And it requires a hundred times to one to battle it. So both Truma and Bikurim. Also, if you recall, we said, and a Shani Latuma can affect normal food, but it can make, it can puzzle Truma. So in order to be able to eat Truma, you need to wash your hands. That's why we do Nantilayadayim nowadays to get everyone in the practice, should be Merabayamenul, that the basic English will be built, and everyone's in the practice of washing their hands, and Kohanim won't have a problem. Okay? So again, so you need to wash your hands before eating truma and bikurim. And similarly, you'll need vini varev shemesh. So we call this refers to a tful yom, and we've discussed this a number of times already. Meaning, someone who is tameh and immerses in a mikvah, he's a sheni letuma until nighttime, varev shemesh. And therefore, while it's still a sheni letuma, he's not allowed to eat truma or bikurim. So harayelu betruma ubikurim mashein ken b'maiser. Now, these don't apply to Master Shani, because Master Shani doesn't go to a Shlishi like Truma. It's not cons- and uh, one interesting point to add, 
and firstly, we know Master Shani's Muta Lazarim. All those laws should be familiar. One point to, to add is when it comes to, they're not also, just like Truma, we said, so to contrast between Truma, Truma says, you can use it to marry someone, right? As a, as um, for Kiddushin. However, Master Shani, Reb Chaim says, it's Master Shani, you cannot do that. Let's say Master Shani, you can't give a woman Sarah and make Kodesh the potato zoo or something like that but the reason is because it's only given right it's only given for consumption and not for any other purpose okay let's now look at truma bikurim now where do we know that truma bikurim is sort of tied together or more importantly how do we know that there's an actual chiyuv mita that's the first step so truma bikurim says it says Right, so it's refers to shtei trumod, which is truma bikurim. So it's referred to as being a mishmeret. Okay, now truma dichtiv. How do I truma has got a chiyuv mita b'deshamayim? It says v'lo isu alav chet v'met bo kiyachaluhu. Now to appreciate this, because it says in the it says in the past, beginning of the pasuk v'shamru et mishmarti, and we've just established in the pasuk before that that there's a this, the when it comes to truma, we refer to it as being mishmeret. That there, it says umeto replies to truma. Despite the fact there that pasuk is referring to a coin who eats betumat kuf and not necessarily bikurim, there's a machlokit amoraim in the Bavli apparently whether you can learn from a czar, sorry, whether if a czar eats it, it applies to that, that possibly applies to them as well, not Bikurim. Bikurim clearly applies to it, sorry, just to correct that. In other words, once again, we've seen quite clearly in the Pasuk that um, definitely if the coin is Tama eat it, it applies to Mita because of the word Mishmeret in the Pasuk, and also because we've got Mishmeret Trumatai, it's Truma and Bikurim. Now the question is, how do I know Bikurim um, is also Bichlal Truma? Now here, once again, it's not that which is quoted, it's a continuation that's important of the Pasuk. I'll read the whole Pasuk. Well, what are we talking about? Well, Truma, you don't have to read the base of me. That's what Truma Yedchem. What's got you something, a Truma that's in your hand? And we says, The coin takes the tender basket from your hand. That's what must be referring to that that's that's how we know that um, Bikurim is referred to as Truma. Or Nemra may be referring Bekotshim Akatum Medaber. So it says, no, Kvar Ktiv Karet Bekotshim. No, we already know this Isu Karet that applies to Kotshim. So we now ask the question, if that's the case, via Mita Vekaret Bekotshim. Maybe, don't reject me by saying you can't be talking about, um, the Mita Bideshimai can't be talking about Kotshim because it's got Karet. Maybe I give someone a punishment of Karet and miti b'leshamayim if they have kochim like in a state state of tuma. So we say v'chi met v'chozer v'met. How can it, how's it possible you give someone the punishment miti and karet? Can someone die twice? No, they cannot. Now to explain, it's very important. There's two different punishments we're we'll discussing. One is miti b'leshamayim, and one is miti karet. We're going to explain exactly what age brackets they are. Um, you'll see it's clear, not like the bubbly, but it's quite clear that, that um, uh, if you're interested in this in more detail, by the way, if you're that way inclined, but um, it, the, in the Shari Truva Rabbeinu, he goes and explains, firstly, what's the difference between Shemaim and Karet, and also the difference between different types of Karet as well. Okay, there's both Mita and Karet, or well, Mita, he says, applies to the individual, Karet can apply to beyond the individual, 
Um, but also what we'll learn here that the, the mita and karat we're interested in uh, is a shortening of age, right? As we'll see, it's going to explicitly discuss it soon in the Gemara. Um, there is another type of karat, it's also karat melamaba, but that's, again, there's two different types of karat. Again, you can see shara chuvin, it's sharish gimel kufchaf dalad. That's what I was looking at before. Okay, but let's have a look. So how do we know this? Because it says, met lechamishim shana met be karat. So the first point is if someone dies, now in point it sounds like 50. Now according to the Bavli, it's between 50 and 60, but you'll see quite clearly according to the, the Rishalmi, it means before 50. Okay, we'll see, I'll, I'll bring you the proof in a moment. And that's a kasha. When you learn Dafyomi in, in Moed Katan, you can uh, open up that suga because the Tosfot discusses it as well. But it says, that's Mita Bekaret. Lechameshim Wushtaim, if someone's 52, that was Mita Shmuel. We find, in other words, we find that you can have people that die young and they're meant to die young even if they're not liable for any punishment. And the Shishim, if someone dies, again, I'm using the Lashon of Pride, just before 60, that's Mita Amorbatarans Mita Bede Shemaim. And it's quite clear that that, that's the way Shara Truva explains it, the way I explained it just now. Before 50 is carried, before 60. And why does it bring Shmuel died at 52 to teach us that, no, he wasn't Chaim Mitabe Shemaim. It's just sometimes people are given a smaller chalik amount of years how to spend on this world. And we'll, we'll address Shmuel in a moment. Okay, Lishivim, what Shivim, that's Mita Shel Chiba. What's interesting here is the um, Bavli says Mita Shel Seva, but here it's Mita Shel Chiba. Chiba means affection, a, a, a death of affection, sounds like. The Shmonimit Mita Shel of old age, Mikan Ve'elech Chayek From that point onwards, it's a, a life of pain. Well, again, we'll explain that. So, Machamit Meimah Met Lechamishim Met Bikarit. How do we know that 50 years, or at 50, oh, before 50 years is Mita Karet? It says, Ketiv, it says, Al Tichritu Et Shevet, Et Shevet Mishpachot Akati. You should not cut off the families of Bnei Kahat. What's that got to do with anything? It says, because it says, So the issue here is, the concern is, um, as Bnei Kahat are the ones that are, were responsible for taking apart the Mishkan, packing up and carrying it, Kodesh Kodesh parts. And they, the, if there were Yizonu, if they would glance and look at the Aaron while it explodes before we uncover, that would be Chayv Mita Bede So it's saying, this is what they should do in order that they don't die. And it says, Meaning, as I just explained. They do the following so they don't end up gazing at the Kodesh Kodesh. So they don't, so they don't die. So you see, the Sholi Uzon was associated with the Chi of Mitzvah B'Rishamayim. Viktiv, and it also says, Umben Chamishim Shana, Yeshu Mitzvah Avada. Ha'avodah. It also says that when does a Levi stop working? The Levi stops working at the age of 50. So you see clearly the mitzvah that's associated of karet here is prior or relevant to them before they stop working. So that must be prior to the age of 50. Okay, but again, kashas and the bavli, um, well, Yerushalmi explains it differently, but again, I don't like doing these comparative analysis too much. Let's continue. Rav Avin Bered, Rav Natanchum Bar Trepon, Shamala Minach, I'll learn it from here. It says, Mimesh Otenu Bahim Shivim Shana, that the years of a person's life is 70, and important to finish it, Rabbi Chaim says, the rest of the Pasuk. So what we do, you take away 20 years, because the first 20 years, the person the person's not judged or punished midin Shemayim. So you're left with 60 now, right? Then you cut that 60 in half, and then if you, so you got 30, so 20 plus 30, so card is being chatziyamav, Right, twenty plus thirty gets to fifty. Okay, that's a get to fifty for That's a different source of it. Now, now we return to Shmuel. 
says Rabbi Abba Bereder of Papi said Rabbi Yossi Yeshua sorry the Sichni B'Shem Rabbi Levi said as follows Bechol Etzev Yeh Motar Odvarsatayim Ach Lamachzor meaning there's there's uh, it's not a pasuk that makes reference to uh, the the problems of adding too much speech if you like um, it's it's better to say less than more so Chana Al Yedesh Ribta B'Tfilata because Chana davened uh, in excess if you like or added too much to a Tfilot. That's what resulted in Kitzra Biyamav Shoshmo. That what add. That's what resulted in Shmuel um, having a shorter life. Sheam Rav Yeshev Sham. He will st- be there, meaning be in your service. Referring to to speak to Eli in terms of Avodas Hashem. Ad Olam forever. Vaalo Eno Lamo Shalevi Ela Chamishim Shana. But we know the service of a Levi is only fifty years. Dichtiv Uben Chamishim Shana Yashu Mitzvah Habada. And you know that because Shmuel was a Levi. So he's going to mean he said ad olam to the lam meaning fifty years, but one second But one second he lived to fifty two years. According to what you're saying, he should have just he would have should have only begun fifty years. So In other words, she only handed him over after she finished feeding him, and she did so after two years. So it was a two plus the fifty. Okay. Now leshishim amita amurabatora. Where do we know that 60 years is a miti b'day shamayim? And we've explained this means just prior to 60, according to the Yushalmi's reading. So Rabbi Chizkiah b'shem Rabbi Yoshua bar'acha says, K'tiv, This is referring to the, the Dora Midbar, that they were going to die. That was a miti b'day shamayim. And what Haggai says, what happens? They came to Mitzrayim at 20 years. And they survived the Midbar for... 40 years. So you see, that not, none of them lived more than 60 or up to 60, the way of explaining it. And therefore, we see when a Kodesh gave that punishment to die in the Midbar, that means that's up to up to 60, let's call it that. Or oh, in the 60th year, if you like. It says, like cover. There's a puzzle from Eov. And it says, but if you look at the word, that in Gematria is actually 60. So the reference is, again, that's another source for 60 being Mitzvah Shemayim. Let's continue. Shevim Mitzvah Shechiba. What's it mean? 70 years Mitzvah Shechiba. It says, because it says in the Torah, Yimei Shnotav, Behem Shevim Shana. The normal life, if you like, the, the prescribed in the Torah is that of 70 years. That's Mitzvah Shechiba. However, what's, how do we know it's old age? Shemitah Mitzvah Shechiba. That Etnat's considered really getting old. Shenei Amar, V'im B'givurot Shemanim Shana. Yeah, the puzzle continues, and if with might, if you like, he gets to eighty years. Bechen Barzilai Amar LaDavid Barzilai said to David, and he said, "Ben Shmulim Shana Anochi Ayom, I'm now eighty years old. Ha'eda Ben Tovur Lara. Do I know now between good and bad? Now here, what's important? The Moshe says, if you look in the beginning of the pasuk, it says Barzilai Zaken Meod Ben Shmulim Shana. It was already exceedingly old. So you see, eighty being eighty is exceedingly old. Okay, that's Gvura. Uh, let's continue. Now, the Gemara asks a very simple question. Okay, you have an individual who um, is like, uh, he made it to 60 or 65 or whatever it is. And now, let's go, let's go with Sibla. He got past his 50th birthday. Can he now, you know, do Isurim that uh, a punishment with Karet and just be happy? Meaning, if the punishment is going to die before 50, he breaches 50, do we say, oh, he can just get away with it? All right, go ahead. Um, uh, just uh, Reb Chaim here says, 
eats chaylev. How do we know? Who's going to let us know that, he be, that he's be karet? Now, interestingly, I, I looked this up in the art scroll because I want to understand, what do you mean? Why, why should we know? And the idea is all the, a lot of these mitot of, of karet and, and midi be shemaim is, his punishment is something that's going to be in shemaim. But it seems to be, I can't remember who we quoted here, that a lot of these things that we're meant to take, uh, it's meant to be a message to other people as well. In other words, these mita that are in this world is not just a punishment of the individual in this world, but also it's meant to uh, have an impact impact on people around. Okay, that's that's one explanation I saw there. Anyway, it says kada datani or shichilel at shabbos. It says or shichilel shabbos met be karet. Also, someone is mechal shabbos. He's punished by karet. What's going to happen? Elakeni. This is what is hamet li omechad. If someone dies in one day, that's mita shilzam. That's a mita of a fury, if you like. If, take, if, if he dies within two days of an episode, is called that's Shelbehala, which is like some confusion, I think. And Lestrosha, it's mit magifa. Now, magifa doesn't actually mean a plague, because a plague means if you like, uh, uh, like uh, that would apply to more people, and this is a single individual. So um, I saw in the, um, the Metivta in, um, on, on, um, on Morakata, and it says, Shikahu, the magifa is like a, a strike. Okay, all these things are negative things. One, two, three days is like, it's like, Sometimes a negative thing. So Tanya Chalav, Rabbi Chalav, the man Shaul says, "Met bechad ubishnayim ubishlosha." That's be karet. He says one, two, or three days. That's the punishment of karet. Okay. Um, however, then it continues. La arba lachamisha. If it takes four or five days, that's mita hadufa or dechufa. In other words, it's not. It's not a mita. It's not karet. The way, my, the way the Rosh Hashanah explains it, but rather it's still uh, not mitat koladam. It's still considered a, a rapid decline, if you like. And chamisha is uh, sorry, sorry, leshisha is mitat derech eretz. Six days is the, the norm, if you like. Leshiva mitat shelchiba. However, mikan ve'elech beyond those that period of time, that's met surim. That's, uh, that's 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 a mitter of suffering. Okay. Um, and everything is implied by that term. Okay. How do we know this three days are met by Magifa, this expression of being struck, as we said? I heard the voice of Rebbe being Dorish the following pasuk. It says, Naval, if you recall, was an individual that the David Amelech asked for assistance from, and he spoke quite disparagingly towards him. And it says, after 10 days, he died. So it says, Tala Kadosh Baruch Hu, that says, Tala Lo Kadosh Baruch Hu, Shivak Yemei Avlo Shel Shmuel, Shelo Itarev Avlo Shel Tzadik, Shel Tzadik. Meaning, it would have been three days, but Kadosh Baruch Hu waited seven days for the morning, because Shmuel HaMelech just had passed away. Shmuel HaNavi, sorry, had just passed away. And then he applied an extra three days. Vemet Magifa, and then he died by way of Magifa. Now, how do you know it was Magifa? Because the Torah says that he smote him, if you like. 
So Rebchia B'Shem Reb Shmuel Bar Nachman says, La Seret Yamim Ein Ketiv Ela Ke Aseret Yamim. It wasn't 10 days, it was like 10 days. Meaning, Tala Allah Kadosh Baruch Hu Aseret Yamim. Kadosh Baruch waited for 10 days, like the days of Aseret Yamim Tshuva, Shabayin Roshan Yom Kippur, Shemayi Aseret Tshuva. Meaning, you did the wrong thing, it was worthy of punishment, but nonetheless, as, it, as we say in Davan, and Kadosh Baruch Hu was, it doesn't, Lo Mitavay Mitavay he doesn't Mitavay, he doesn't want the death of Tzadikim, Ki Im B'Shuva, he wants him to do Tshuva. So he gave him the opportunity, like the days of between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, do Tshuva, and he didn't, and that's when Vayigov, that's when Kadosh Baruch Hu smote uh, Naval. Okay. Mr. Shem, we'll pick up, have a good Shabbos, and we'll pick up from Dav Zayin. Okay, I have a quick question, in regard back to Bikorim. What happened uh, with the lands in Syria? They were high from Chuma Master, but it's not uh and it wasn't given. I think they have to bring Bikurim. I don't think so either. I th- um, I was just looking that up before. Then why are we linking Chuma with Bikurim? It's, it doesn't always actually... Ah, no, no, you'll see. You'll see. The Mishnah will talk, oh. talk about that. All right. Rambam, Perikala. It says, Mitzvah Asel Avi Bikurim Mikdash. Okay, it only was no heg in Eretz Israel and when the base of was built. Okay, we bring it from Sichon Vaog, Umisuria. So, Midrabanan, you bring it from those places. I see. Which is interesting because our mission seemed like the Chachamim were saying. You'd have to no, be. because we learned that there's two reasons. Eretzah was chalaf. No, that was Rabbi Yossi. The Chachamim, however, says you do. But it sounds like, um, I mean, Rabbi says you don't. It's not Eretzah about chalaf vash. But that was Rabbi Yossi. But Chachamim said you do. But the way Raman, Raman Paskin says, maybe we could read Midivrehem. It sounds like the Chachamim is Midrabana, not Midoraita. Anyway, unless well, that needs more thought. And also from Surya, you bring Bikurim, the Rambam says, And this is an expression I think we've seen before. If someone purchases an area, the land in Surya, it's like pushing Yerushalayim, you bring Bikurim from it. Despite the fact that there are areas outside of the Chaim Medrabanan, you try bring it from Surya, it's not Bikurim. Okay? That's the Rambam. Okay, get some some explanation. What's our Rama Paskins? But we, we need thought in terms of how we he must, he must understand. I mean, should, I mean, according to Chachamim, differently, right? Unless he's asking like Rabbi Yossi, I don't know. Um, I'm just saying, if the bottom line is it wasn't the land that was given, but uh, it's right. We did bring the children yeah, from that was that was a spar of Rabbi Yossi. One again, that, that was a spar of Rabbi Yossi. Uh, let me just go over the guy. When you when you read the psukim, that's what it what it says. It's in the text, no. In other words, you're saying that we may have to understand the mission that the Chachamim agree in principle with Rabbi Yossi. It's just that um, it's just another text. That's all. I mean, it wasn't a big deal anyway. But that's not the point. I'm just saying. Ah, oh, the Rosh Hashanah has a long piece on it. It makes it on time. Yeah, well, Shabbos, I told you I can wait till Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I think you're going to have to leave it with me. Okay. All right. Anyway. All right. Have a good Shabbos. Shabbos. See you Sunday, Mr. Shem. Yeah. Bye.